and pulls out a foot long sub, four <laughs> bags of chips, <laughs> and, and a little container with like cookies and shit in it. And he lays it out like he's like a chef setting up his like mise en plots or whatever. Like, I'm gonna be cooking all night. This I is, need to have it perfect. This is definitely an AMC stuffless guy. Oh, yeah. Who just has two accounts yeah. just so he can get the free extra seat for his bag of shit. Yeah, his duffel bag full of food that's not allowed to be in there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 561 with a review of Men in Black International. I'm Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, this week, uh, we're, we're talking about a film that nobody saw, <laughs> apparently, but maybe for good reason. Uh, that's... <laughs> Men in Black International. Um, start this episode off, Stephen. What is your familiarity with uh, the Men in Black franchise, and like, what are your kind of thoughts on this property as a whole? Yeah, it's kind of weird because my familiarity is, I guess, a hundred percent. Like, I've definitely seen all the movies <laughs> in the Men in Black franchise, but I did you watch the cartoon at all? I think yeah, I watched the cartoon a yeah. bit at least. Um, I definitely have seen all the all the films in succession, and I think we even liked the last Men in Black movie. Like I remember us reviewing it for the podcast and feeling generally positive, though it is not in my head at all anymore. Like what, okay. whatever happened in that movie, it is completely gone. I, I remember the uh, the the one time guy, the guy from uh, what is it? Um, a serious man, right? Who yeah. was like existed outside of time or could see all eventualities. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some fun things in that. I, sure, I, yeah. I, I don't really remember it all too well, but I think I am excited for the existence of this franchise just because I like the world of Men in Black. Right? Yeah, I, I feel like it's it's just a world though because it's kind of a franchise that doesn't need to be a franchise. Like it's a it's a fun idea and it kind of feels like every few years they're just remaking it. It isn't like they're building onto the franchise in any way. Yeah. It's the earth is always in danger. Yeah. (laughs) They have to do some one plan. Uh, you know, maybe they have to go up with nothing but their series, whatever the atomizer and try to save the day. Um, and then in the end people get flashy things, but, uh, Maybe we're maybe us the audience keep getting flashy thing and keep going back to see more and more of the fr- franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I think this universe is fun. Um, our universe is fun. Um, I like the idea of aliens being in plain sight all over the place. Um, and just us not noticing it, or the people that we think of as weird are actually aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, but this this seems like if this was like a show. On like one of the lesser networks, like uh, TNT or something. I don't mean to network shame people. Yeah. Um, but it's I would, very funny, Chris. I, <laughs> I would tune in and watch this, right? Like it would be fun. I think the only thing that keeps it from being a a films or a TV series outside of the cartoon that I mentioned earlier is just that it would be too expensive to do all the visual effects for not enough gain for it right. to be a television show, right? Um, if they could somehow get away with not having to do a bunch of special effects to show these aliens, um, then Muppets, it could be fun. Muppets, Muppets in black. <laughs> that could be fun. I, I'm yeah. still sad that we're probably never going to get this 21 Jump Street crossover. With I know, it, it makes so much sense. I, I kind of, in my head, even though I knew it wasn't happening, when I sat down to watch this movie, I was like, is this going to be a crossover? Like, I hope... I <laughs> Jonah hoped, Hill and Channing Tatum just going to randomly show up in this film? I hoped so badly that, like, something would happen that would bring those worlds together. I knew it wasn't going to, like, because people yeah. would be raving about it instead of ignoring it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. 
Um, but we didn't ignore it. Um, no, we saw it. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe, maybe a bad choice, but we decided mm-hmm. to go out and see Men in Black International this week. And, uh, you know, for better or for worse, we're here to give you a review of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what do you say if we get started, Stephen? Sure. We're going to take a listen to the trailer for Men in Black International, and we're going to come back and give you a review. We are a rumor. Recognizable only as deja vu and dismissed just as quickly. We are the best kept secret in the universe. I know. I want in. You erased my parents' memories, but you didn't get mine. It took me 20 years to find you. How many people can say that? I found you, which makes me perfect for this job. Agent M, we may have a problem in London. Welcome, man. You will be with Agent H. MIB, Eucharillian scum. And FYI, your little club here sucks. Come on. The world's not going to save itself. I'm driving. That really should be here. I love this country. I'm so faded, no exaggeration. Joey? I thought that we were here. We are. Stefano, would you, Freddy? You go to H. What happened here? What do you think happened? We got our asses kicked. Sorry. Wait, are you a queen? Hmm? Indeed she is. I pledge loyalty eternal to you. No, 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 I'm not interested. Too late. I already pledged the loyalty. I wish you'd said no, no, no before. We've never faced a threat like the Hive. They can take the form of anyone. I haven't seen that before. Even our own agents. Do we have a plan? You know, sometimes you have to trust your gut. Men in Black has been compromised. Trust no one. Do we protect the Earth? That means everyone and everything on it. Yeah, baby! We are the Men in Black. The men and women in black. Yeah, ha. Perfectly done. Are you suggesting that we try the most powerful weapon in the galaxy for fun? Do it. Press the button. Mm. Turn it up a few. All right, so that was the trailer for Men in Black International. Um, usually in the Men in Black franchises, uh, the organization Men in Black go out and try to recruit people. Um, but this film starts with uh, a woman who has uh, grown up having a past history where her parents got flashy thinged after some sort of encounter. And that has, lived in, uh, that has led her to live a life where she has um, driven herself to try to find and get in on board with the Men in Black. She gets her chance. Uh, joins the organization and gets thrown into a big uh, situation in which, once again, the world is in danger and she has to team up with one of the biggest hotshots on the uh, Men in Black force, I guess you could call Apparently, it, yeah. to try and protect the world from this thing that is happening. Um, and along the way, encounter a bunch of aliens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Stephen Miller, what did you think of Men in Black International? So I have to say that nothing was preparing me to have a good time <laughs> with this movie. Um, on my on my bus ride there, I got had one of those situations where you talk to a stranger 
and like they say something and they look really normal so like you take out your airpods to talk with them and then in like five seconds they tell you that they know that they're God and you're the devil and you whispered insults to them through other people on the bus. (laughs) (laughs) You know, one of those. So like I I had this like uncomfortable long conversation on the bus. Is that when you just reach up and pull the stop lever? I was like boxed in by this person. So I was like kind of de-escalating their conversation. They were being very chill, but they were, they kind of were like, like Tessa Thompson who like knows something nobody else knows about the universe where he's like, come on, man. (laughs) You and I both know. What, you want me to spell it out for you? You're the devil. You whispered to the other person that I was stupid in your subconscious, which went to my subconscious, so I heard it, and now I'm here talking to you about it, and I could kick your ass, but I'm not going to kick your ass, because why would you do that? <laughs> it was just this, like, insane conversation that I was being, like, very trying to polite, like, yeah, I'm really sorry about that, man. I didn't mean to, you know, <laughs> do any of those things. Did you say, uh, see you later, you Krillian scum? <laughs> unfortunately, I don't speak, the, I didn't know the future, so I couldn't quote the movie yet. Um <laughs> But anyway, so then I go into the movie theater. I'm like, I'm not sh- shaken, like, whatever, this happens. It's not scary. It was just, like, a kind of weird encounter. Um, and I sit down in the movie theater. It's a fully booked show, like, fully booked. I'm in row, like, three or four. Like, our ha- almost no seats were left. To the left of me, some girls sit down, immediately open a bag of chips and start chomping. And I'm like, okay, great. We're in noise land. To the right of me, a guy walks in, big dude. He sits down two seats away from me, plops a giant duffel bag on the seat between us. Like, he must have reserved two seats for this movie. <laughs> Rips open the duffel bag, zip, and pulls out a foot-long sub, four <laughs> bags of chips, <laughs> and, and a little container with, like, cookies and shit in it. And he lays it out like he's, like, a chef setting up his, like, mise en plots or whatever, like... I'm going to be cooking all night. This I is, need to have it perfect. This is definitely an AMC stuff list guy. Oh, yeah. Who just has two accounts yeah. just so he can get the free extra seat for his bag of shit. Yeah, his duffel bag full of food that's not allowed to be in there. And the, the whole fucking movie, this guy is, like, loudly wrestling with rappers. <laughs> At one point, he, like, he had the bag of sun chips and he was, like, inhaling the Oh, crumbs. no, that's the worst crinkle bag yeah, ever. Yeah, he was, like, inhaling the crumbs and laughing at the same time. So, <laughs> the, the, the movie would just be, like, like, oh, is that the sequel to The Notebook? And he'd be, like, <laughs> <laughs> spinning crumbs and crinkling. Oh, my God. It was, the, it was the worst crowd I've ever been in before. So, all that to say... It I was, liked it. Yeah. <laughs> it. It was not an ideal viewing situation, but like we talked briefly today about the movies we're going to review because it didn't feel like we had to be cagey about our feelings. Um, <laughs> the the Men, Men in Black, I wish I could hate this movie. Like, I, I wish it were bad. I, I don't think it is bad, bad. I think it it is completely lackluster and lifeless, which is weird because it has like a cast that I like. Like, I really like Tessa Thompson. I really like Chris Hemsworth. Uh, I really like Kumail. I, I think Kumail as a little alien sidekick is like a funny idea and fits like amazingly well in the Men in Black universe. Like I, I, I like the idea of this movie, and it could have easily been a Kingsman type film, right? Where it's like, hey, they have slick things and they're going around London having some adventure, and like, who cares if it's like heavy or if it lasts with you for a long time? Like, it'll be a fun romp. And somehow this movie just manages to be like completely uninteresting every step of the way for me like 
nothing about the premise interested me. They shortcut Tessa Thompson's origin story to a point where it feels like so perfunctory. I don't even know why I'm watching it. It's like, we all know what's going to happen here. Nobody cares about this. You don't care. Emma Thompson doesn't care. Like, n- nobody cares about who their characters are in this film. Yeah. And as they go along the journey, you said that they saved the world, and that is technically true. But <laughs> the real arc of this movie, including, like, an ending where they've, quote, saved the world, is nothing happened at all. <laughs> like, someone gets a thing. Someone makes a mistake. They get the thing again. <laughs> like it, It's just, like, dumb. It, it, it's, like, a really, really, really lackluster movie. And there was a point in the movie where, I swear to God, it it felt like it was ending already. And I thought it was, like, that moment in Vice where they, like, throw up a fake credits and then they're going to be like, but that's not what really happened. But yeah. it was just the fucking movie. It just felt like they didn't know how to end it and they just wanted to, like, fast forward to the final confrontation they needed to get to. It, yeah. I don't know. It It feels... It feels too much like like a Mission Impossible or a Fast and Furious or like any of these movies that do the international intrigue thing a thousand times more fun than this movie did. Yeah. And it, it just made it feel like a pointless exercise in whatever. So yeah, I mean, it, like, was not, one, it was one Halo jump short of a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it like – I don't think it was even – bad like bad would imply there's a moment i can point to where i'm like oh i hated that i didn't like that i didn't like that character like i didn't even not like anything i just the whole movie i sat there like okay what are we what are we doing like why what what am i coming here to see because it isn't particularly funny to me it isn't interesting the adventure isn't fun at all the side characters are kind of like not given enough room to be their own thing they just are like referencing the fact that goofy aliens exist in the world and it yeah, I don't know. I I did not have fun with this movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think I think what you're saying is pretty much as accurate as you can get. Like it's it's not it's not that it's a terrible film. It's just that it's not super awesome. And I think even even on paper, the beat to beat moment of this film is interesting enough. And it's like the the little twists and turns that it goes on, or like the little reveals that it has, or sort of the payoffs that it does of, of little tiny unimportant things that kind of seeds earlier they sort of work from just a like a cognitive okay i see what you did that's fun and all but it feels like the film is trying to get through too much material it's like they could simplify the story and then sprawl that out a little bit and make it more interesting but there are whole characters that they introduce and you spend two minutes maybe seeing that character, and then all of a sudden it's like some other thing that we're paying off, which doesn't make this scene better, but makes an earlier scene maybe interesting. Like the idea of moments that pay off seem cool, and if this was a show where this was one beat in maybe a couple different episode arc, and it's calling back to an episode ago, that would be kind of cool. Right, I I think it would be a fun TV show. Yeah, yeah, but if it's calling back to like ten minutes ago... And not enough has happened between these two moments to make you care. It it kind of it's one of those it just it feels like too rushed and a little bit of a letdown. And I think that another thing that's weird is like the the conceit of this film having uh Tessa Thompson being like the young girl who saw an alien, didn't get flashy thing, but her parents d- does, and that drives her. That's fine and fun and dandy in a television show 
or the, that's the pilot episode where we see that we see her as an adult and we spend an entire episode of her investigating and it ends with her walking into the building and getting getting like found out and then episode two starts with her trying to convince them like things where we get to spend time in each of those moments would make it more interesting what i don't like about this film is having her character be this like i'm a go-getter i'm gonna do all these things she doesn't have the information to deal with the situation she's trying to go into. Right. Like she's playing – she's trying to be like the Hermione character where she's like, I'm going to take on every task and make the mm-hmm. teacher love me and do all these things. But she has no no context for anything. Yeah. She She throws herself – she tricks her way into this potentially – world-threatening situation with no context for anything and like her lies would really fuck over the whole planet in any other story right if she Mm. tried to go and like oh i'm completely fluent in this made-up language that blah 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 blah. if she really went into that situation she'd be fucked (laughs) and i i feel like the film doesn't it doesn't do enough to show her being out of her element like she basically shows up lies her way in and then she's kind of badass right and i feel like the film doesn't spend enough time having her have to meet challenges that she's not actually adequately ready for and i I don't know it just it just feels like everything feels sort of cheapened by the fact that it's all just kind of like shorthand and even though there's some elements that i like about where the story goes it still felt feels cheap because it's like they they cheat step their way to that moment right mm-hmm. and and the callbacks are kind of like well good you get to check a box that you called back to this thing earlier but calling back to it doesn't feel impactful it just feels like oh that's cool right yeah. it just it feels like a little golf clap like if a kid wrote a story and was like and then this happens you'd be like oh you're clever little kid and i feel like the callbacks are also pretty easy to like anticipate already right like at least for me, the film didn't do a lot that I was like surprised by when it happened. Yeah, yeah, there's they're, they're they're easy to anticipate, but there's still some fun uses of things. Um, I, I think what frustrated me is there's like there are clever things on paper if you're just zooming out to the like scene by scene bullet point description. Yeah, yeah. But the actual way things happen in this movie is like often kind of incomprehensible. Like. It's early in the movie, so I won't consider this a spoiler because I don't think this movie is worth doing a spoiler section. No. Um, but er- early enough in the movie, uh, basically they are charged with watching a character and that goes out of control. So like they-, they fail their duty, basically. And Liam Neeson is about to be convinced to fire them, basically, and like neuralize them, whatever whatever it's called, where they don't have a memory anymore. Yeah, yeah, neuralize. And a conversation happens where he's about to do it, and he's like, give me one good reason why I shouldn't. And Tessa Thompson says, because there must be a mole. And he's like, oh, you're Ooh. right. Go work on things. And it's like, what, yeah. the, what the fuck does that argument mean in that context? Like, why would there being a mole mean, like, you don't get neuralized anymore? Like, it, it it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why would that change? Why would that be smart? Why would Chris Hemsworth be like, oh, my God, how did you think on your feet so quickly? Like, it, it felt like someone just didn't know what to write. And they were like, how about we just make a thing that sounds like an argument? And then, like, hopefully the viewers won't notice. Yeah. Like, like I don't know. There were weird things. And the, the world building, I thought, was odd, too, in this movie. Because there are things that I like. Like, I, I made a joke when we were talking earlier today that there there's the scene where she goes to Hogwarts, right? Which is her... Basically, she gets on a train, 
and she's <laughs> heading to London. She does the sorting hat thing with her black outfits. Yep. <laughs> yeah. She she goes to uh, the train station, and it's this magical world where there's aliens walking everywhere, right? There There's shoes that walk on their own, and there's, like, little creatures walking around. And she gets on a train, and it looks like a normal New York subway car. And then when they start moving, it reveals itself to be cool. Why was that hidden there? Yeah. There were already aliens <laughs> everywhere. And Yeah, the dumb thing is that, like, it'd be one thing if there were a bunch of people on the train, mm-hmm. and then it goes past the last stop, and then now it's literally just agents. Yeah. And then, like, the, the guy's like, this is the last stop, and everybody leaves, and those people stay, and then it transforms and takes off. Complete sense. Yeah. But the fact that it just looks like it's just for her to be surprised. Yeah. It's not for the the people who ride that train every day. So and, it, and it, it was a make cool sense. effect, I thought. Like, why not use that in a situation where it'll make sense? Like, it, yeah, yeah. It, it wouldn't be any harder to make it be like a normal train station and they get into one car that looks different from the others and it's visible from the outside so it looks old and then when they go in it looks crazy, right? Yeah, like, and, and, it, and it's just meant to repeat the imagery of when the cars transform. But the thing is when the cars transform, they're transforming from a car to a spaceship basically, <laughs> right? So it makes sense that they're doing that transformation. They're also in public. Yeah. They're in a public space. That's why they have to transform from being a normal public thing to being the secret fly thing. The subway that's already in your own building mm-hmm. that no public person can see doesn't need to transform. Yeah. And I feel like – I felt like you when I was watching it because I was like, this is a Chris thing to nitpick on. But it, it drove me fucking crazy <laughs> for some reason. I was like, why am I supposed to enjoy this wonder right now? It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and th- there was like – there were hints of an interesting world, right? There's kind of the – uh, a universe of like rules and under like hitmen and crime in Marrakesh at least because there's a queen that needs to be asked permission to kill someone. We don't ever learn what that means yeah, yeah. at all. Like if anything, the scene that we come back to later negates whatever that scene might have meant before, and it, it it's just very strange. Like I feel like it has like a few of the beat to beat elements of a good movie and then they just didn't feel like fleshing it in with anything. Yeah. And there's there's the characters that I'll just call the twins for now. Yeah. Um they like they're cool in theory, but then there's like a bunch of weird things with them as everybody tries to figure out what and who they are and why they're doing anything they're doing. Mm. And it's like they sort of just show up at random times to be a sudden threat. Yeah. And it's like Make it be a thing that is constantly hunting them rather than being a thing that like, oh, I think they're out of danger and now these things are, arrive and now there's another danger. And just it feels it feels strange to have them. Also, they should have no problem killing their target yeah. <laughs> ever. They're way overpowered. And I feel that like having the characters constantly pull larger and larger weapons out of their truck or their car just to have no effect. It, it's not an interesting, compelling battle. It's literally two people standing on the opposite side of a street, constantly shooting at each other and not moving a whole lot. Yeah. There is nothing interesting about that fight that was interesting or impressive or anything. It was just kind of like, oh, yeah, remember how men in black have different guns? <laughs> Here are more guns that are hidden in their car. I think that's what really makes this feel way more boring or middle of the road than like a Bond film or a Mission Impossible film. or Like even the lesser Mission Impossible film is like... those all at least thrive on memorable set pieces, right? And this, like, does not have memorable set pieces. There's no action that's really cool. 
There's no chase scene that is at all easy to remember. Like, there's a chase through Marrakesh. The geography is meaningless as far as I can tell. And, like, nothing matters in that scene. And the villains are, like, they feel like they should be bad guys in, like, X-Men Apocalypse or something. Like, it just feels, (laughs) like, a hokey and stupid. And, yeah, I don't know. It's odd. I, I guess if I can praise anything, I think Tessa Thompson is mostly, like, believably... Hermione-esque, even though, as you say, the script doesn't support that characterization of her. Um, I think Chris Hemsworth is continuing his kind of funny, I know I'm attractive, so I'm going to play like against type and be kind of a doofus thing that he did in Ghostbusters. Uh, I feel like Jason Statham did it in Spy, too. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, it's still like, the best role ever. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I think he does well with that here. Like, I, I liked his introduction and his character through the beginning of the movie. Then it... The whole movie is also trying to hint that, like, people aren't who they appear to be and you can't trust them. And so you don't ever feel like you know the characters either because they're kind of, like, at a weird remove the whole time. Yeah. I don't know. The the actors do what they can with the material. I just think it's, like, not interesting or fun. I can't even imagine making this movie and feeling like you're having a good time. I feel like they're all just cashing in their paycheck. Yeah. No, I think that's probably very true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know what more to say about this film. Um, I, I, I'm still, I, I want to like this film a lot, mm-hmm. and by want to like, I just mean that like, I, I wish that it could be good and fun because, as we've said already, like the Men in Black universe is fun, and even some of the characters are interesting. Like the idea of the the background that, um, you know, that's. Uh, Hemsworth has with uh, the Re- Rebecca Ferguson's character, mm-hmm. like that's fun and kind of cool in concept. But like, she's supposed to be this crazy badass arms dealer mm-hmm. on the planet who clearly yeah, is. Yeah, just... she's an arms dealer. Oh, because she has an extra arm. Yeah. <laughs> but like, she's supposed to be crazy, not crazy, but she's supposed to be like uh, proficient, right? Like, she's just this arms dealer that everybody has heard of. And she has her own castle island with laser beam turrets. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, okay, so she's like somebody to deal with, right? It should be like a Javier Bardem character in, in Bond where you're yeah. like, oh, this guy's like crazy. I don't want to mess with this guy. But instead, it's just like she's on a cell phone and she has an extra arm. Mm-hmm. And like she has this past <laughs> with, with like our lead. And it just – that whole arc in this film – amounts to nothing right there's like a tiny payback to something earlier but like besides that it's like oh my god you knew her that's insane how are we possibly gonna go in there and get this thing from her and then it's just like they go there and it's like and that that's almost like it almost is like the climax of the film in that scene but you're like well that's it can't end here right yeah well and especially if you think about the only reason they're there, that isn't a thing that their journey started with. That's a thing that they're trying to undo that happened in the scene before they go there, right? Like, And that's yeah. why that end, the semi-climax there is so weird because it's like, literally, you could have just done nothing and you would be in a better position right now. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's like, that's one of those things where, like, if you hadn't already suspected things, just by the sheer fact that, that scene is even taking place and it's not the end of the movie... Mm-hmm you have to then assume other things are going to happen because yeah. otherwise there's no rest of the film. It would just be like a bunch of people reading uh, 
National Enquirer or whatever the hell that magazine's called. Is that, is that the name of the magazine? That is a magazine. I don't know which one you're thinking of. The one with all like the crazy alien shit on oh, it. Oh, yeah, sure. Okay. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, I, I just feel like the the individual elements of this film could have made an interesting film, but instead we get these little fast cuts to different places and just have a bunch of experiences. And we even joked earlier in, um, in the episode, in the trailer for this film, they use, quote, the most powerful weapon in the universe, right? Mm-hmm. Or galaxy or whatever they say. And you see them standing in sand dunes and they like fire this thing off and it creates like a branching tree of all these like giant gashes in the surface of the earth right and like they're like oh shit or whatever right in the actual film it just makes a big hole mm-hmm. <laughs> that we don't see the bottom of it's just a big hole and i feel like the trailer version seemed more chaotic and explosive than just drilling a big hole in the sand right what a metaphor for the movie <laughs> nice um but yeah so men in black international it- it it is what it is. I like like okay, w- without spoiling it, was there any moment in this movie that you didn't know how it was going to end? <laughs> I'm at a loss for words, dude. I, I feel like it's just like such a stereotypical like I I don't know. I I don't know. There was just something about it where nothing felt fresh and it didn't help to surprisingly my audience was totally into this movie like they laughed a bunch at this movie yeah and it made me feel just even more crazy being surrounded by people who were seemingly really enjoying it when i was like you're not giving me anything i I don't understand what i'm doing here yeah and i think too part of the problem is that the villains in this film are new villains that we're introduced to like we've never heard of the hive or anything before and our only experience with the hive is the equivalent of a PowerPoint presentation and one hive creature, mm-hmm. right? And we're supposed to extrapolate from that that the world is actually in danger. And outside of characters saying, like, the hive could be the end of the whole world, we don't visually see anything like that, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? So, yeah, not it, at all. I, I think that's also one of the problems with this film, it's just that. We get that it's a Men in Black film and that the planet has to be in danger. But, um, I mean, like, even in, like, the first Men in Black, right, there was, like, a, the uh, if we don't turn over the galaxy, we're going to destroy the world, right? There's, like, a, a ship hovering off out, like, just off at, out of out of sight um, in orbit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's literally going to, like, nuke the shit out of the planet or whatever if they don't deliver this thing. So... That's a thing. We don't have to understand how the ship works. We just know there's a spaceship that's going to blow up the planet. Mm-hmm. This is like, there's something coming from a thing, and they're real, real bad, trust me, but you'll never see how bad they are. You'll just have to trust that they are bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It seems, seems very strange. Can I say, too, one of the lines that the first time they said it, I liked was, armed with only our wits and our... Class 7 blasters or whatever it's called. Deatomizers. Yeah, yeah, deatomizers. Like, I liked that line the first one or two times because it was, like, funny because it's braggadocious, like, armed with only your wits, and then you're going to follow it with this, like, super-powered weapon that you name drop. I hated that line by the end of this movie. (laughs) I really did not enjoy. They took, like, one thing that I thought was a funny aside and beat it to death into a different meaning that I didn't like. 
I so I we can't really talk about the meeting, mm-hmm. but I I the end result of what that meeting means was not a surprise. I like the way they chose to reveal that information using that line. Mm. <laughs> um, See, I think they make their characters too stupid. Like, they want us to re- realize it, like, eight times before they realize it. Yeah. But anyway. Minor minor complaint. I was just lamenting, because that was one I had put in the back of my mind of, like, that was a funny line. Yeah, I'll, I'll bring that up on the podcast. And now I'm, I am, but in a different way. <laughs> cool. Uh, well, shall we get to verdicts? Sure. Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must-see, reckon with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must avoid, what would you give it? I'm giving it a pass with a caveat. The caveat being it's not as bad as Robin Hood, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, the, the caveat being, like... What the fuck? It, I, it, it isn't terrible. Like, I didn't... I didn't hate any part of it, even though, like, in hindsight now, all I want to do is crap over the movie. Did we review Robin Hood? We sure did. <laughs> It was one of our, like, that day we did eight. Oh, yeah. For some reason in my head, I feel like that was one of the movies that I watched that you didn't. No. But I guess we actually reviewed it. No, we reviewed it. That's how amazing it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't hate the movie. And it kind of does most things okay. It's just in that middle middle ground of okayness where it's so uninteresting. Like, I would have rather it be a worse movie, I think. And it's just stuck in this boring like limbo between terrible movie and fine movie that just is like not not fun to watch like maybe on an airplane when there's nothing else to do it would be okay to watch it i don't know i didn't get anything out of it yeah i i feel like i mean i'll I'll give it a pass to the caveat as well i feel like the caveat in this way, in this sense, is like this is probably the last Men in Black we're gonna get, mm-hmm. unless I guess like ten years from now they decide to fully reboot it and They'll start from reboot scratch. It in like seven years. Uh, but yeah, I, I think I I didn't hate watching it. I just never thought it was good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if that makes sense, it sure does. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that's going to do it for this review of Men in Black International. Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? People can go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so in Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Men in Black International, so hopefully you're enjoying that, um, especially more than we enjoyed this film. Um, yep, yeah, so that is our review. We have one more review to do for you, and that is a review of The Dead Don't Die. So we are going to go take off, record that, and then we'll be back in just a moment. Mm. Bye. Bye.